Welcome to the X's and O's podcast. I'm your host, Brady Wilson, and today we'll be discussing a couple NFL topics, uh, mainly Deshaun Watson, which is one that I've kind of avoided here, uh, mainly because it can get a little political, but I, I want to talk about it now. So if you don't want to hear that, you just don't want to hear about Watson, whatever's going on with him, uh, skip a couple minutes ahead, and you can uh, not hear it. But if you do want to hear it, so I'm going to start off with, we're going to go into the big trade um, that happened a couple days ago. Uh, with Miami and you know the, the two trades that happened, and I'll be really I'll be talking about my second mock draft of the twenty twenty one NFL season, uh, draft season, and uh, it has the trades in there. That's one reason why I wanted to do one. I want to, and at the end I'll probably just discuss my Cowboys because remember at the end of every episode of X and O's and Triple Crown baseball, I talk about my Cowboys and my Rangers, mostly because they're my teams. I'm most knowledgeable about them. And so it makes sense that I, I cover them at least a little bit. Uh, I probably will get a little repetitive with it, but it's okay. It's just my thoughts about the Cowboys and everything. So let's start off with, uh, also, I got a new mic. Uh, I, I hope it's a pretty high-toned one, so I'm hoping that it uh, sounds good. If it doesn't sound good, there's something wrong with it. There's a buzz. There's My voice sounds too loud. Whatever it may be. And also, again, if you have any tips, I'm being too robotic. I'm not adding enough flair. I'm using the same phrases, I seem whatever, let me know, and whatever, like if you listen to this on, you looked on Twitter or whatever, leave a comment, please, I want to know if I'm doing, because this, this is kind of like a, not a practice thing, because it's a real podcast, but like, it's kind of practice for when I get older and hopefully do this for money and for a living, and so I don't make some of the same mistakes that I make now. Alright, let's jump into it. Uh, Watson has been accused, I believe, by 19 women of, I believe it was sexual harassment, at a massage place, um, that he's probably, you know, said some things, made some gestures, I'm sure, probably along the lines of, I'm Deshaun Watson, so do blank to me, you know, because I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm a quarterback for the Houston Texans, I make so much money, do it. Um, whether or not it's true, I'm a part of the group of people that believe in presumption of innocence, uh, that you don't you know, he's, he's innocent. He's innocent until he's proven guilty. Uh, and to my knowledge, no evidence has been submitted on behalf of the women. And uh, some people want to argue that because Watson, so many women have come forward, that that means it must have happened. And I think the opposite could be true: that so many women come forward, especially for a high-profile athlete who's making, I believe, thirty-nine million a year. And that's very public. That was very public information, especially with you know all the Dak Prescott stuff. His thirty nine million stuff came up a lot. I think it shows that maybe they're just after a quick dollar. I'm sorry, but it, it could be that they're just after some money. They don't care about justice because I think that if you if you cared about what was justice, what was just, you'd press charges. No charges have been pressed against the guy. It's all been lawsuits, which means they're suing him for money. They want money. And I think that proves that he probably didn't do it. This could be a false accusation. And if it's all false, then it's going to be a huge case. I think it could make national news that, you know, these women, all of them have lied. Um, There's a chance that a couple of them could be true. But, again, there's the no evidence has been submitted. And the I know every man, every person is going to adamantly deny any charges but I think the fact that he's like I don't care about anything I don't care if I have to settle 
I just want my name to be clear. And I think that just shows that he's after the fact that he doesn't want his name to be tarnished and be associated. Like, I'm using the like with Kobe Bryant. When people think back to his career and everything, the the rape stuff that happened early in his earlier in his career, it's hard to not I mean early being in the two thousands, all of that stuff that he did or didn't do, whatever. Um, that kind of still shattered his career. It and still it followed him wherever he went. Um, so to me, the guy could be just trying to. Uh, it's tough to judge right now, but I think the fact that no evidence has been submitted so far um, is a pretty key piece in keeping his innocence. Uh, so now, I'm going to discuss... So now we're off now to a better note. I'll be discussing my mock. Uh, as you know... Uh, hold on, I'm trying to... I, I don't have the details up of the, the trade that happened, but two trades happened. Uh... I believe it was Monday with the Dolphins and everything. And what a – why is it – it's being weird. I'm sorry. I'm I'm on my computer, so I'm trying to, you know. Anyway, the Niners traded up with the Dolphins. They moved from 12 to uh, 3. Dolphins got three overall – number three overall pick in the Leonard May Tunzel deal with the Texans. And now they have moved back to 12. And I love draft season, and it's you know starting to shape up now that you know teams are moving up. Um, the details of the trade is... Uh, and then they traded back up to 6 with the Eagles, and the, the report was that the, the Eagles wanted to trade up, uh, wanted to trade back because the, 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 they believe that uh, the Bengals are going with, excuse, that... This is my chair. That the Bengals are going with Jamar Chase out of the receiver from LSU to reunite him with Burrow. And if that's what happens, which is something that I had not heard or predicted at all, and I still don't have it predicted in my mock, that if that were to happen, that completely shakes up the board. And offensive tackles are going to be going later, in almost mid-first round. Now, because I mean, it's very well the first four picks could all four be quarterbacks. That's a very real possibility. Um, so the Eagles move back. So here's what every team gets. Thank you, ESPN, for simplifying the trade. Miami gets a 2021 first-round pick from the Eagles, and they get pick number 156 from the Eagles. They also get a 2022 first-rounder and third-rounder from the Niners and a 2023 first-rounder. So now they have two more first-rounders in the coming years. And it's just one of those, like, my gosh, Chris Greer is like, if they don't get a Super Bowl out of this, it's the it, it's, just, it's just as bad as when the Redskins traded back with the Saints in the Ricky Williams deal, and they got, like, three first-round picks, and they couldn't build a winner. It's worse than that because you've had first-round pick, first, you had a gluttony of first-round picks, and I think that if you weren't able to do anything with them, it's a huge failure, and the trades don't matter. The Niners get pick number three from the Dolphins. That's it. The Eagles get pick number 12 from the Niners, from, you know, via Niners from Miami. They get pick number 123 uh, from the Dolphins, and they get a 2022 first-rounder. So 
The Eagles get an extra first next year. The Niners move up. They get nothing else. Miami gets two extra first-rounders in the next two years. What I mean, the Eagles get very good value. They get two extra picks this year, an extra first-rounder. The only thing about that is, is the Dolphins are probably going to be a pretty good team next year. So I imagine that that pick might be low teens, early 20s, if all goes according to plan for the, the Dolphins. The Niners, the report is that, that, San, that San Fran is looking up to trade up for Mac Jones, the quarterback from Alabama. I don't like that. I think you could get Jones at 12. I don't understand why you give up two first-round picks and other picks. I, I, don't, I don't follow the logic there. Um, but if, if that's your guy, you trade up, you, you draft your guy. And I know what people are going to say is, you know, well, if Matt Jones becomes the next Tom Brady or, you know, the next, you know, the next, the, I'll say, I hate saying that, you know, the next Tom Brady, if he becomes the next great quarterback, then, you know, who cares? And I say, well, I still care because you gave up two extra first rounders and a third rounder. So what, what what do you mean? It cost you two years of your future firsts that you could have used to build around Mac Jones. And not that they need to build around him so much. You know, Brandon Ayuk and Evo Samuel are good receivers, but you could use those picks on O-line. You could use those picks on a running back. You could use those picks on a, on, on whatever. On maybe a corner, because you know, they're going to be very corner-needy my friend uh, Seth was the one telling me maybe it's Sertan. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're looking for Sertan, you move up to nine. You move up to eight. You don't move up to three. You know, you, you don't do that. You you don't give up three first-round picks if it's not for a quarterback. This is not draft day. This is not Kevin Costner moving up to get Vontae Mack. This is you giving up three first-round picks for a quarterback. I think they want to bring in competition for Jimmy G. I think Jones would benefit from sitting a year. But who's to say that Jimmy G doesn't get hurt again? And now you're rolling out with Mac Jones, who's a good quarterback. But, I mean, I have him fifth. He's, he's, he's my fifth quarterback. I have Lawrence, then Wilson, then Fields, then Lance, then Jones. Jones put up very gaudy numbers, but there's flaws in his game. And the fact that he didn't put up a very good pro day, that, that, that hurts his stock too. Um... So that's assessing the deal from Miami's point of view and the Niners. The Eagles' point of view is you're probably not going to get the guy you want at six, so why not sail back six spots, nab an extra pick 123, because I'm not a genius. I believe that would make that a fourth-round pick. Yes, that would be an extra. You get an extra fourth and an extra first-rounder for next year and a fourth this year. So I, I do the same deal. You get an extra first next year and an extra fourth. I mean, what's what? That's a great deal. Um, and you can still probably get an impact player because Kyle Pitts, there's a chance that Pitts is there at 12 for the Eagles um, if the Cowboys don't want to move up, if the Cowboys don't want to draft him because I think that since the first nine picks, going in Cowboys mode for a second, because the first nine picks, five of them should be quarterbacks, that leaves four picks. By the way, if you hear a little clicking noise, it's my mouse. So just ignore, ignore the mouse. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, we presume, oh, that's who, the, okay, I was struggling, I was, I plan out these podcast episodes in my head, and I couldn't remember who was seven, that's right, it's Detroit. Um, when, when, 
literally, yes, five of the first nine picks are going to be quarterbacks. That leaves four teams that are not drafting a quarterback ahead of you. And the Dolphins don't need one. The Lions don't need one. And the Broncos probably don't need one. I think they I think they're comfortable with Drew Locke. If you want to make the case that, you know, Denver does want a quarterback and Cincinnati doesn't want a quarterback. Denver probably doesn't want a quarterback, especially since one's probably not going to be available to them at nine. I have them taking a defensive player. Um, I actually have Pitts going to Philadelphia because Giants are at eleven. You don't need a tight end. You have Evan Ingram, who's a Pro Bowler. Shouldn't have been a Pro Bowler, but he was. Um, Dalton Schultz had a better year for the Cowboys than Evan Ingram did. Just wanted to point that one out. Not saying Schultz is a Pro Bowl guy, but just saying there are other tight ends that put up better numbers. But because I think I hate that the fact that Pro Bowl is all fan vote. I hate fan vote sometimes because a lot of fans don't actually look at the numbers. They just go, oh, I know that name, vote. Oh, I know that name, vote. You know, they don't think, okay, is this guy actually having a Pro Bowl-worthy season? People go, oh, I know Evan Ingram, vote. But if you hear me, like, exhale through my nose, ignore that one, too. Um, like that, just ignore it. it my, this microphone picks up everything. It could probably pick up my internal organs working right now. I mean, it's it's that powerful. Now let's talk about the mock. Um, Jacksonville at, at one, Lawrence, that's, this is no trade, by the way. That My next mock, which I'll probably be doing either this weekend or early next week, will be with trades. Um, I have Lawrence going one. That's obvious. There's no need to explain that pick. The Jets, I've had taking Panay Sewell the past couple mocks, you know, practice mocks I've been doing, and I think Wilson goes here too. I think that you bring in competition for Darnold, and you either say either you elevate your play or you will be replaced. Pick one. Um, I have San Fran taking Mac Jones, going with, going with the report. Um, and I have Atlanta taking Trey Lance. I think Lance reminds me a lot of Mahomes. In Not that it's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but that he's a strong-arm quarterback that's got good mobility. He, he fits the, arch, the Mahomes archetype. Throw, you know, could throw it a country mile, throw it to a brick wall, all that kind of stuff. And I think that he's going to benefit like Mahomes in sitting for a year behind a veteran quarterback, one like Matt Ryan, who can teach him the finer the finer points of being a quarterback in the NFL, how to read more coverages maybe, how to do this, how to do that. Because we know Lance is athletic. He's got the athletic profile and stats to back it up. I think he just needs some of those little... Little little things to work on that I think Matt Ryan could teach him for a year, maybe even two years. And then you move on and you put Lance in and use your starter. And there you go. Um, at five, I have the Bengals going with an obvious pick, Penay Sewell, who's a guy that you could probably kick inside if you wanted to. I don't agree with that move. But I know they signed uh, Riley Reef. I believe it was who they – yeah, they signed Riley Reef And uh, Jonah Williams – but let's face it, Jonah Williams is not a very good tackle. He's average at best. And Sewell, I feel that I've, I'm going with like a Mel Kuyper logic here. Even though it's not like the hugest need in your in your lineup, it's an upgrade at the position. So why not go for it? You know, you know, Burrow needs a good blindside protector. Why not get the best one in the draft? Uh, Dolphins, who are now at six, take Jamar Chase, the receiver from LSU. I love Chase. He was Burrow's big weapon. And I, I think that you could see Devonta Smith and Waddle go here to reunite the, the Bama guys, but I think Chase is a more talented receiver. 
uh, the Lions with the departure of Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. They need a receiver. They need a number one weapon for their new quarterback, Jared Goff. So they go and get Devonta Smith, who I think is the next Marvin Harrison. Super undersized, but is good enough to play. I think his floor is like a Doug Baldwin. I think that's Smith's floor. Uh, Panthers go with Justin Fields. They get the successor to, they pretty much get Cam Newton, but I think better. They get Newton, but not as big, which I think helps. I think Newton's size kind of hurt him a little bit. But I love Fields. Um, he put on a show today at the Pro Day. Um, man ran like a 4-4-3. I mean, he looked very, very good. Um, you have Mika Parsons going at 9 to the Broncos. You need an impact defensive player. This guy ran a 4-3-9, I believe, at his Pro Day. A few, uh, I think it was Monday or a couple days ago. He, he's going to impact games. I think his number one weakness is that he could end up like Jalen Smith and be just a freakishly athletic linebacker who is not a good linebacker. You know, athleticism doesn't mean you're going to be good in the NFL. It just means that you have a chance, a better chance. At 10, I have my Dallas Cowboys going with Patrick Sertan, the corner from Bama. I mean, what was there to say? I mean, we're in a 4-4-6, which is not the greatest 40 time in the world. But it's good enough to where I think you can coach him. He's got great form, great technique, and I think that you pair him with Diggs. It fills your need. I understand that Kyle Pitts, he's still there, but it does not fill a need. You need anything other than offense these first couple rounds in the draft for the Cowboys. You need a number two corner, a guy to put alongside Trevon Diggs to lock up the outside. And I feel that And if you, if you wanted to go J.C. Hornet 10, I don't hate it. If Sertan's there, though, why? Why go with a worse corner or worse corner? Worse is not really a word. But either one I'm fine with. I'm more I'm more inclined to trade back and get Horn. But you want to snag him at 10? Fine, especially if Sertan's gone. I love it. Um, at 11, it's the same guy. I've had Quiddy Pay going to Giants. Dave Gettleman loves edge rushers. Here's a guy you can put alongside Leonard Williams. And Dexter Lawrence, the Clemson product that he drafted a couple a few years ago, and you have a very good O line. You know, you're you're gonna build your. I think they're looking at the blueprint for the Washington football team and think, you know, hey, why don't we try and model our team for them and build up the defensive line? Because um, you have the Ray Jackson who you signed to be an impact on the defense. Um, you realistically, I think that Mika Parsons could be a pick for the Giants if he falls to eleven. Um, at 12, I have the Eagles obviously going with Kyle Pitts because you could kick him out to receiver. You could run three tight ends. There's a lot of things that Pitts is super versatile in what he can do. Um, I hate the Cowboys are passing on him in this mock because I don't want it to face Kyle Pitts twice a year. But I can live with it. On um, the Chargers, to com- to give Burrow more protection, they draft Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern. I say tackle, but the man, I think, is more sized to play guard but he's the dude that put Chase Young on his butt. He put his butt in the turf um, in a game in the game against Ohio State last year in 2018. But so he so he could play anywhere. He could play any position in the offensive line, and I, I think that that's something you need in LA. You get you get a guy that you could put anywhere for the Chargers. Uh, the Vikings go with another versatile player. Uh, okay, Elijah, Elijah. Vera Tucker, the lineman from USC. Again, a dude that played tackle. They kicked him inside, and he played guard very well. So he could play tackle. He could play guard. 
for the Vikings. I actually peg him at probably playing tackle to replace Roddy Reef. But, you know, what, whatever. Uh, the Patriots go with Jalen Waddell. I know they got Kendrick Bourne. They got Elson Angelor. But why not snag a third receiver because Cam Newton is not a very good quarterback. And because you don't probably want to, you probably don't want Kyle Trask at 15, that's probably not a good move for you. Then you go and get a weapon because you don't really have too many holes. And if Waddle can, and then that gives uh, Waddle enough time to rehab his ankle injury, if it could be, because it could be a problem, you know, uh, heading into the season. I'm not saying it will be, but I'm saying that it is a chance that Jalen Waddle could um, provide that ankle could be a problem. Um, at 16, I have the Cardinals taking J.C. Horn, the corner from South Carolina, um, the son of Joe Horn. Um, the dude's the best. He's the best press man coverage guy in, in the draft um his comb his if i say combine just don't, i mean pro day his pro day numbers were off the charts he looked good and i think he he put himself above farley because farley has the injury issue now um he has that injury red flag because the, the second back surgery not even out of the not even out of college yet that's not a good sign for farley so i think horn jumps the board as a second corner uh the raiders with Christian Derisaw, the tackle of Virginia Tech, I love Derisaw. I think he's top 10 talent. But because this draft class is loaded, I have him pegged on my big board lower. And I think the Raiders snag their right tackle of the future to put alongside the guy they just extended, um, Colton Miller, who they gave like four years, like $85 million or something. They gave him they gave him like four years, like eight fifty four million something like that, 48 guaranteed. They gave him a pretty good contract. I gave him 18 a year, um, and I'm not a math whiz, so just, you know, lay off. Yes, I am actually doing math in my head right now. Um, what if we did 4 times 18? I don't know. I don't care. It's late at night. I'm going to sleep right after I'm doing this, so my math in my head is not going to be very good. Ignore that. Uh, at 18, the Dolphins, who are back on the clock, go with Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami. I think you get another impact player on the edge. He showed his pro day. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that he ran like 4-6 something, I think. The man was off the charts in the prospect category, and I think he catapults himself above some of the other edge rushers in the class. Um, especially since Rousseau did not perform well, his Miami teammate. I think the Dolphins, you know, you boost up your offense with your first pick. Now you boost up your, your defense. Um, and you just give Xavier Howard, when I say more time, less time to get an interception. You know what I mean? You make quarterbacks throw it maybe his way a little more. Uh, the Washington football team, they need a linebacker. They really, their, their defense has one glaring hole, and that's, I think, linebacker position. So I think Nick Bolton makes a lot of sense for Washington. Um,. Especially since there's not a quarterback available here at at 19, that I think is worthy of the 19th overall pick. You just you sit there, let the board come to you, and you draft yourself an impact defensive player. Bolton is very good. I've yet to watch tape on him, but when I do, I'm sure I'll be impressed. Uh, the Bears go Tevin Jenkins. I watched a little bit on Bolton, by the way. Uh, they go Jenkins to solidify their offensive line. They have a clearing need at right tackle. And I think that uh, Jenkins is going to now protect Dalton, who I can assure you does not perform well under pressure uh, from, from opposing edge rushers. Uh, Colts, this is before Russo had, a, I think, a bad showing. I have him going to the Colts. 
I think he's still got a lot of raw traits. He has he has good production. I think he just needs a good defensive line coach that I, I think he's a guy that could be coached up to be a great edge rusher. Um, I still think he should re-sign Justin Houston, by the way, in Indianapolis. Uh, the Titans steal Rashad Bateman, the receiver from Minnesota at 22. I love Bateman. I, I, he reminds me of Amari Cooper. A lot of people have said that they he reminds them of Keenan Allen, and I see that. But I see Cooper, a guy that's fast, a guy that's got excellent route running, good hands. I mean, he he is the fourth receiver. I think that he is highly talented, and it's getting slept on. Um, the Jets at twenty three go with the tackle. He is probably my third, my fourth favorite tackle. I have Jenkins ahead, behind this guy, but I put Jenkins ahead because I think that a lot of the NFL teams have Jenkins ahead. Alex Leatherwood from uh, Bama. Leatherwood is a monster man. He's like six five, three twelve. He's built like Tyron Smith. He doesn't move like Tyron Smith. His big problem is clunkiness and feet and footwork and keeping in mirroring, all of that kind of stuff. But the dude's strong. Once he, if he gets a hand on you, you're not going anywhere. And I think that the Jets snag themselves a right tackle to put alongside Makai Becton. You have your you draft both your bookends in back to back years, and that's a good way to build up your football team. Um, at 24, the Steelers go with them high-risk, high-reward kind of guy in Caleb Barley at the corner from Virginia Tech. I believe I heard that this is his second back surgery in his college career. That's not a good sign. That means that he has back problems, and playing a position like corner, that's going to be a problem. So I think that if Pittsburgh takes him because why not, let's draft a guy that could be good. If he if he doesn't, well, then, you know, I, I think I think he's worthy of a, of a 20 to 24th pick. The Jaguars, who are back on the clock, who I had taking, I think, a lineman before, and I have taken a safety again. I have Trevon Morig, maybe they say his name, safety TCU. Uh, he's the number one safety in the class. I love it if he fell to 44 to the Cowboys. He's not. I don't see him escaping the first round. Um, I think Jacksonville has a desperate need at the, at the top of their defense, and I think Morig uh, solidifies that. Um, Cleveland goes with another freakishly athletic edge rusher from Penn State. Uh, not another one from Penn State, just another one, comma, from Penn State, Jason Owe. Dude's got ath- athleticism off the charts. I'm yet to watch edge rush film. I'm getting to that as soon as I can. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't have much more to say about him. Uh, the Ravens, who have tried to get Omar Jackson, another receiver, find it in the draft, because there's you know, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall... Bateman might be there at 27. I am taking Kadarius Tony, who just make can make you miss on a dime. I mean, the guy is a great receiver. I think you pair him. Your, your offense gets so much faster, but he plays like he can be a big go up and get it kind of guy. I feel like I feel like he's gonna be. He could be what Sammy Watkins could have been coming out of the draft. Could have been. Um, the Saints go Elijah Moore. They. Get a, another a second receiver to pair with Thomas. They get a guy they can put in the slot because they need to surround Winston with a lot of weapons, and I think Elijah Moore provides that kind of weaponry. Uh, the Packers finally invest. While yes, I have three receivers going in the receiver position, going with another outside threat in a guy that I personally like, uh, Terrence Marshall. The man has got size. I mean, at six foot three, 
200 pounds. He can go up and get a football, but don't let his size fool you. He is a fast player. Um, I believe he's pro days tomorrow, today technically. Um, I told you how late this is. And so I'm excited to see what he's going to run. I think if he can run the four fours, he just solidifies himself as a first-round pick. Um, the Bills go Christian Barmore, the interior defensive lineman from Alabama. Another Alabama player goes here in the first. The Bills could use someone to put up with Ed Oliver. And I think if you wanted to put Barmore at edge rusher, you almost could. He'd be the hand-in-the-dirt guy, but you could stick him as an edge rusher. <laughs> kind of like a, in a, in a, in a 3-4 defense. Maybe you want to put him as like one of your edge guys. You could do that. I like Barmore. I think that he's he, he has traits. He showed production at the end of the year. Um, I think he has room a lot of room to improve, but I think that in Buffalo, Leslie Frazier, yeah, I, I like the fit. Last two picks, uh, the Chiefs. I like them getting help on defense. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker slash safety slash corner slash edge from Notre Dame. He's this year's Isaiah Simmons, even though he's, he's worse. He's played linebacker. He's lined up at corner. He's lined up at edge. He's lined up at safety. He's just stick him on the field and use him. I, I think they're gonna. I think Kansas can have a lot of fun using him against their opponents. He gets you the football, and I I, I love him. I, I think that I, I kind of dropped him on my board a little bit, but I do still think he's a, a, a worthy of a first round pick. And the Bucks, keeping with the trend the Chiefs set last year with the first with a, with a running back at thirty two, the Buccaneers pick Travis Etienne. Because I think that he provides you with even maybe a potential slot receiver at times. Um, I think he, I think Etienne could fit the slot receiver role, not a hundred percent, but like some of the time you want to line up in the slot once or twice. Sure, I think he could fill that. Um, he's a guy that he reminds me a lot of Alvin Kamara coming out of the draft, coming out of Tennessee a couple years ago. Um, but Etienne's a guy that I really like. Sorry if I talked fast through that. That's my mock draft 2.0. Um, it was fun to do. We'll be doing another one shortly. Uh, thing about mocks is this year the draft. I'm just gonna talk speak about the draft about the Cowboys here for a second. Um, how how much do we have in? We're 30 minutes in, so it's gonna be a little bit shorter of an episode. So not not like the hour long specials I've been doing. Um, announcement: I will be seeing if I can go live on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time. I don't know if I can. It is my camera on my laptop, so it's not the greatest quality. Deal with it. Um, but I want to go live for the draft for the first round. You will get my live predictions, my live reactions, my live everything. I will be covering the draft. You will hear ESPN in the background. I, I said, I'm okay, sorry. I'm kicking around the idea. I'm leaning towards it. I like the draft to be just mine, me, all the work I put in. Um, I'm tempted to, when I'm done, I, I'm leaning towards two ideas. I'm leaning towards doing a live draft show for the first round, and then on Sunday, coming back, grading each team's draft class, and put, you know, and making a podcast episode just about the draft, or, now I would still do that either way, but only do that, or also do a first round special. The first round special would be fun to do, but I like but I, I like to listen to ESPN. I like to listen to NFL Network. 
I like to hear what the analysts are saying. So I mean, now I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards doing no live draft show. I think it would be fun. I, I'm, I'm teetering towards it. We'll see how it works. Um, I might do like the second round live or something. You know what I mean? Just to kind of test it out. You know, do a test run this year. See how it works out. Um, the Cowboys, I've got asked this question a lot in the past couple of days. Who are we taking in the draft, man? You know, who, who, who do you think it's going to be? And I always just say, it's Jatan or Pitts or Horn or, you know, maybe Mika Parsons. Maybe they want to go uh, Edwards. Maybe they want to go off at the tackle. They have a lot of potential to go multiple ways. Um, and I like I, I like Pitts. You want to take Pitts? Fine. You want to take Sertan? Fine. You want to take Horn? Fine. You want to take Quiddy Pay? You want to take uh, if Sewell's there? Fine. I'm fine with all of these options uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys. I, I'll also, by the way, KJ Wright. Please, I love KJ Wright. I've always, I've always liked him in Seattle. I think he fits uh, what the Cowboys want to do with linebacker. Because um, you know dang well that Vanish is going to get hurt at least once this year. So he provided a lot, very, very good insurance. Um, anyway, that's my mock. I'm kicking around that idea. It, I'll come to a decision before draft day, obviously. Um, but I just know that the, the day after that Sunday, I will be grading each team's draft class, and I will look at who I like, what which classes I like, what classes I don't like, grading each team when trades are happening. Because um, this year's draft is going to be Super intriguing with all of the potential moves. The fact the draft starts at 12 with the Jets, and they could go four to four or five different ways. The Niners could shock everyone and not go quarterback. The Falcons could go different things. The Bengals, we kind of know what they're going to go with, but they go receiver, they go tackle. Uh, Dolphins, probably a receiver. Lions, probably a receiver. Panthers, probably a quarterback. Broncos, I have no earthly idea. Cowboys, whoever's there. I mean, that's it. the board got to fall their way, and after the Cowboys, almost every team is a lot like that. We don't have it. We don't have a set player because the top nine truly dictate how the draft's going to go. If it's a quarterback heavy, like we all think, then that it's going to allow players like Pitts and Slater and Waddle to fall later in the draft. But if it's not all quarterbacks, that they're they're going to go a lot earlier. Um, so I hope that you like this episode of the Exynos Podcast. New Baseball 1-Up Triple Crown Podcast will be up tomorrow. It'll be my predictions for the MLB season because we'll be one day from opening day. Me and my dad are doing our little ritual where we go, we, I, I don't go to school. I'm going to school for the first couple periods and I'm going to come home for the first game and we watch baseball all day. It's awesome. Um, I'll be making my predictions for the Cy Young, MVP, all that stuff. Uh, standing predictions, a few, a few crazy ones that people might feel unpopular opinions. Um, a projected win total. A projected win total is plus or minus five. It's plus five. So, like, I think the team will fall between 83 and 88 wins. You know, that, that five range. So, um, hope you guys have a great night, morning, day, whenever you're listening to this. This will be up kind of late, but, you know, I, I, I've been busy playing video games with my friends, and we went bowling today. Um... So, excited to see what's going to happen. By the way, oh, this, oh sorry, this, I just realized, I'm like, there's some piece of news. The 17th game, the NFL ratified, they ratified, 
They made it official. There will be a 17th game. The Cowboys will be playing in New England. Um, I have a lot of Cowboys friends. Seth, Isaiah, you guys. Um, Kane. You know, I have, I have friends that are Patriots fans that I will be uh, trash-talking with all week that week. Uh, we, we will be... Uh, the, the trash talk will be legendary. Um, I would love to watch it with one of them. That'd be awesome. Because, you know, what I'm thinking is the Cowboys and the Patriots could both be vying for a playoff spot at that time. So that Week 17 game could be very important. Um, anyway, so I, I, I don't like it. I don't like an extra game. I think that it's, you know, I've, I've grown up with a 16-game schedule my whole life, so when things like that change... I, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I think it adds. Uh, I, I think it should be up to the players. They're the ones that have to play more. Um, you're gonna see salaries go up because stats are gonna go up. You know what I mean? Like stats are going because it's gonna allow you an extra game. So now, a running back not hitting a thousand yards is gonna really suck. A receiver not hitting a thousand yards as a number one is gonna be look bad. Um, this or that, whatever the case may be. You, you're probably going to see records broken. I mean, with 17 games, if you average a sack a game, you're you're still several off of the record, but I'm just saying that, you know, it, it gives you one extra game to, to fill up your stat sheet with. I like that it's a, non, I like that it's a non-conference opponent. Um, by the way, I'm about to fall asleep in this chair. Like, I'm, like, trying to stay awake. Um, I like that it's non-conference. It's not something you're going to see every year, so you get fun matchups. Um... But, you know, hey, uh, the Bucks have re-signed all 23 of their starters. They'll be back. They're running it back this year. Um, you know, the draft has always been one of my favorite things to cover, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm excited for it. We're less than a month officially now from the draft, and I, I'm so excited because it's the draft. It, it's what gets me excited. It's what... I, I spend hours of work into research and looking at Pro Football Focus as draft guide, and studying it and watching film this year, and all and look, listening to different opinions about players, looking at different big boards, from Mel Kiper to Daniel Jeremiah to Gil Brandt, and getting players' names in my database of brain, and my database of brain, and trying to make my own assessments. Um, it'll be a fun year this draft because there's not a lot of information. There's the quarterbacks, there's who's going to, it's a lot of intrigue, and uh, I couldn't be more excited for it. So, I'll catch all of you guys next time. Thank you for spending your, thank you for spending, you know, 40 minutes of your life with me, listening to me talk about football. Remember, baseball one up tomorrow with season predictions and all of the above. So, this is me signing off. I will... I guess talk to you guys next time. Uh, I don't know when the next episode is going to be. I'd love when, when the season starts for football, there will be a set episode. Um, I would most likely like it to be Tuesdays. I'm free that day. I have nothing, no obligations right now with high school. Um, and I should be, so. The, and, and it's right after Monday Night Football, so I can assess the Monday Night Football game. Um, talk about other games, make my prediction for the week. I, I, what, what my plans are to make a, a defensive player of the week, offensive player of the week. Um, read you guys my predictions and what I got right, what I got wrong. 
um, assess some of the primetime games, assess the Cowboys game at the end, and then make predictions for next week's game. So, and any transactions. So excited with baseball. It's hard to make one a set because there's so many games. Um, I'm tempted to make it Friday nights or Thursday night. You may make it kind of later in the week. Um, going into week, going into a weekend of baseball. Uh, uh, just kind of a, a assessing whatever. Uh, so this is me signing off again. Sorry, I just remembered some things. So, all right. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you guys later.